Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 15, verses 1 through 21, called A Song of Deliverance and Victory. So here's what's happened in, at the end of chapter 14. As uh, I just remind you of the setting, Moses 27 of Exodus 14 stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak. While the Egyptians were fleeing right into it, then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them, not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry ground, 1429, dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Now that leads us to chapter 15, and the question becomes, how do we respond to such a great, dynamic, powerful miracle of the Lord? And the way that the people respond is with the earliest song recorded in the Bible. This is the song of Moses, or it's been called the song by the sea, and it's a song of victory. And it is hard to imagine 2,000 years of church history without music. In fact, all of us, I think, love the time of the year, which is Christmas, where the carols begin to play, and uh, it reminds us of this great and glorious event that took place where salvation came into the world in the person of Jesus Christ. This song by the sea is sung on the other side of the sea. It's sung in the wake or the light of victory, and that is the right response to the grace of God. It is to sing, to sing to the Lord, and to determine that you will sing. Now, I know that you don't always feel like singing. I know you can come into a church service and maybe that's not, you know, some of you wake up with a song on your lips and you annoy the rest of your family. I get it. How many of you wake up singing? You don't even need coffee. Some of you wake up and, you know, we need your addresses because we need to know how to stay away. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It's wonderful to wake up that way. I like to wake up just thanking the Lord for, uh, you know, a, a night of sleep, to wake up with a new day ahead of me, to rejoice to thank him that I have a roof over my head, a beautiful wife by my side. There's lists of things that you can go through just when you wake up in the morning. And some of you are musically inclined, and so maybe that takes expression in a song. Imagine that there was never an incarnation. Imagine that Jesus never came into the world. Imagine that there was no Christmas, that we didn't have any of the grand songs of church history and the like. That would be terrible, That would be such an empty thing. But the good news is that we do have the songs. And it's amazing to me that even the secular world knows some of our songs. For example, they know Amazing Grace. They know I Can Only Imagine. And I've stood up at pulpits like this doing memorial services with definitely a mixed multitude of people. And I've watched people be touched by songs about the gospel. 
And one of the beautiful things that we do as a church family is we sing together. It is a very unique expression of the Christian church. To sing to someone is a very personal thing. You could call it an intimate thing. Now, some of you guys, when you were first courting your bride, how many of you serenaded your bride? Anybody want to make a confession? Uh, Some of you shouldn't have done it because you don't have the voice to pull it off, and it may have made her think twice about you. But uh, some of you, you know, you can imagine, like, just for a moment, just imagine a husband and wife couple, and they're singing a love song together up on a platform like this, and maybe the guy turns and sings to the bride, and then the bride turns and sings to the husband. I saw this video, it was pretty amazing, where it was a, it looked like a messianic Jewish wedding. Some of you may have seen this. And the bride's coming in to walk down the aisle with her father. And she begins to sing to her about-to-be husband. And I'm telling you, man, it gives you chills. Because she begins to sing about Yeshua. And she begins to sing about Yahweh. And the groom, man, he, he's like, whoo, he's like dabbing his forehead. And the dad is like, uh, just he's in an attitude of worship. And then the, you, they pan over to the groom. And as she sings, you know, right as they're about to have their wedding vows and all of that, the groom just starts worshiping the Lord and the band is playing. I mean, it's a powerful, powerful moment. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter two, that one day the Lord Jesus will sing over his people. Is that not amazing? Read Hebrews chapter two later in your devotions and you will sing, see a portion. It's right after, I think it's about verse 10 or 11, where it says that the Lord will sing over his people. In fact, Jesus did sing. He sang the Psalms of Israel. Remember the 150 Psalms in our Bible were the songbook of Israel. And Jesus sang a hymn at the Last Supper. Jesus did sing because that's what the Jewish people did. And those synagogue services lead us right into the early forms of worship in the Christian church. And so music is really important. Now, I'm not really a, a musician per se. I'm a drummer. So drummers can't really claim to be musicians. Uh, that's a special category. But anyway, but the, the kids grew up with me playing the drums. And that was Shane's first instrument. And if you didn't know, Shane's my oldest son that's up here leading worship. And I had a drum set set up in the living room. And I know that uh, this is the nightmare of every parent that their child chooses to be a drummer. Oh, the things you have to endure as a parent. Now, I know it's tough with the trombone and all of that, but a drummer, oh, he's, he's over there crashing and doing all this stuff. But eventually, even drummers can lock in and play music, and it's an amazing thing. And so Moses leads a song, verse 1. It says, Moses, his name means... He who draws out, and he drew the children of Israel out of Egypt by God's mighty hand. He was drawn out of the Nile. He draws the people out. That's Moses. And it says then, Moses and the sons of Israel, if you have ESV, people of Israel, New King James, the children of Israel, sang this song, the Hebrew word shir, it's spelled S-H-E-E-R, It speaks of an ode or a Levitical song or simply just a song to the Lord. It was vertical. It went to the Lord. And they said, he said, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted 
the horse and its rider, he is hurled into the sea. Now, for some of you, it might seem a little strange that the people of God would be celebrating the the demise of their enemies within a worship song. Uh, This is probably the hardest thing for the unbelieving world and even for some Christians to fully appreciate, and that is that the church can sing in light of God having victory over his enemies. Our enemies that God has had victory over are sin, Satan, and death itself. Praise the Lord. We stand on the other side of the sea, and we can say that he has dealt the death blow to death and to Satan. In fact, Satan will one day end up in the lake of fire. And we won't have to deal with him anymore. And God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And we will see the Lord. And one day, the songs that we've sung in church, we will sing directly to him. Amen? We will see him face to face. Praise God. So the music of the church is important. And while all of us may not be great singers and all of that, when you come into the church, there's a unique beauty in corporate worship. In fact, the Lord says... He inhabits the praises of his people. Something happens when we begin to sing because it changes our focus. It changes, if you will, the atmosphere because we can walk in here with all kinds of heaviness and all kinds of difficulties. And when songs begin to rise to the Lord, sometimes it takes a song or two or three to melt my cold heart on certain mornings because I haven't had coffee or maybe I was a little cranky. Any of you a little cranky in the morning? Take a couple songs for some of you. Like, you know, sometimes it's a little much when, good morning, how you doing? And you guys like, how dare you ask me how I'm doing? And then songs begin to rise. You're like, and then it starts to come out a little bit more clearly. Yeah. Anyway, we're a tough crowd. (laughs) And Moses led the song. In 1995, to tell you how long I've been around, I was at a Promise Keepers event held at the L.A. Coliseum. This is where the uh, USC football team plays their games. And um, I got trained to do on-field counseling at Promise Keepers. So this would be that if anybody walked down to the field, I was there to try to help them in prayer if they made a decision to follow Christ. So I got access down to the field And the L.A. Coliseum, I believe, if I'm correct from memory, seats over 100,000 people. And I walked down to the field, and there was some closing music done, and voices of perhaps 100,000 men began to sing to the Lord. I'm telling you, folks, it was one of the most powerful moments you could imagine. And I want you to take that thought and translate it to the other side of the sea, Because minimally, there are 600,000 men singing the song of Moses to the Lord. Some people believe that the men started the song and the women responded in antiphonal praise. Drop down to kind of the way the uh, text book ends. Notice this is 20, Exodus 15, 20. Miriam, the prophetess, we'll come back to that. Aaron's sister took the timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels or tambourines with dancing and Miriam answered them answering apparently the men 
Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. This seems to be the chorus of the song. The horse and his rider, he is hurled into the sea. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. We would love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with a question that you might have had on the teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you would like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Once more, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. We're a tough crowd. <laughs> and Moses led the song. In 1995, to tell you how long I've been around, I was at a Promise Keepers event held at the L.A. Coliseum. This is where the uh, USC football team plays their games. And um, I got trained to do on-field counseling at Promise Keepers. So this would be that if anybody walked down to the field, I was there to try to help them in prayer if they made a decision to follow Christ. So I got access down to the field. And the L.A. Coliseum, I believe, if I'm correct from memory, seats over 100,000 people. And I walked down to the field. And there was some closing music done and voices of perhaps 100,000 men began to sing to the Lord. I'm telling you, folks, it was one of the most powerful moments you could imagine. And I want you to take that thought and translate it to the other side of the sea because minimally there are 600,000 men singing the song of Moses to the Lord. Some people believe that the men started the song and the women responded in antiphonal praise, drop down to kind of the way the uh, text bookends. Notice this is 20, Exodus 15, 20. Miriam, the prophetess, we'll come back to that. Aaron's sister took the timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels or tambourines with dancing, and Miriam answered them, answering apparently the men, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. This seems to be the chorus of the song. The horse and his rider, he is hurled into the sea. Early on in the history of God's people, there are musical instruments, perhaps something like this. And Miriam began, would it freak you guys out if I started dancing right now? Pastor Michael, no. It's weird to watch pastors at weddings. I've done a lot of weddings, and it's always, will the pastor get up and dance? Could you imagine the pastor going, anyway, never mind. That's enough of that. <laughs> you won't believe what he did today. Anyway, but musical instruments were around back in the day, and people were not ashamed to sing to the Lord. And I know it takes some time, you know, if you're new to Christianity to maybe adjust to that. I was an old rock and roller, uh, you know, back in the day and a drummer. And then, you know, we, my wife and I joined a church and we sang out of the hymn book for a while. And then the praise teams kind of came along. And, but music has always been a huge part of what it means to be a Christian. Do you have worship music in your life? 
Do you sing to the Lord? I'll tell you what, it can make all the difference. Sometimes you have to make a decision. Look at verse one. You have to make a decision. I will sing to the Lord. You've got to say it. Look at the end of verse one. You've got to determine it in your soul sometimes because your flesh will fight against it. And oftentimes when David opens a psalm, like Psalm 96, he says these same words, I will sing to the Lord. Sometimes you have to say that despite what's going on circumstantially in your life, you have to make a declaration as it were, I will sing to the Lord. And when you begin to sing to the Lord, it puts your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith. Amen. So make a decision to sing. Some of you got to turn off some of the other voices in your life so you can keep your focus where it belongs, especially in our day. And notice that they said, I will sing to the Lord. That's capitalized L-O-R-D. That's in verse one. And that's to Yahweh. That's the name of God. Worship is first and foremost vertical. They were feeling a sense of awe. They couldn't have imagined this miracle. They couldn't have conceived they thought they were dead ducks sitting there as the Egyptian army, the most powerful army in the world, had them trapped up against the sea. They couldn't have conceived what would take place here. And I believe that when we get to heaven, what we have imagined is going to take reality. And I think we're going to be in awe for a long, long time. Just seeing God in and of itself is enough. But the way that the new Jerusalem is described and the way it says that sighing and, and tears will be no more and the curse will be no more. This is what we have to look forward to, if I can put it this way, on the other side of the sea. But it's tough right now. And this people group was going to go into the wilderness and they had some battles to fight still. But God was going to take them eventually as he will us to his holy mountain. Do you have music in your life? Do you have a favorite song? Do you have a go-to, uh, you know, something that you like to listen to that lifts your spirits? I want to show you just a couple of snapshots. Speaking of salvation, go to the book of Luke in the New Testament. I want you to see some of the early songs that were articulated as Messiah was being announced as coming onto the scene. And those who were involved in the birth of the Messiah, there were several songs recorded around the events of the incarnation of Jesus. And take a look with me. This is Mary's song. Mary's the mother of the Messiah, and she's interacting here with Elizabeth, who has a miracle birth of John the Baptist, the forerunner. And Mary, Luke 1.46, said or sang, My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Luke one forty. Eight, for he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud and the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. If you uh, go to the next section ahead, this is Zechariah's song. His tongue was silenced because of unbelief about what the angel said about the miracle birth and so forth. But when his tongue was loosed, uh, Luke 167 
his father, John's father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He has visited and accomplished redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. He spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. And over to chapter two, as the angels sang on that starry Bethlehem night, it says these words, suddenly Luke 2.13, there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, that is an angelic choir, praising God. And what did they say or sing? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. You you don't have to turn there, but when you turn to Revelation 4 and 5 and you get a glimpse of what goes on in heaven, part of what's going on is praise to God. Worthy is the Lamb. The angels never cease to say in antiphonal praise, which means kind of a going back and forth. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. You've been listening to A Song of Deliverance and Victory, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. And that's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 15, 1 through 21. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teaching in more books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? And if you're listening to the podcast, could you please click the share button? If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they will do the same for someone else you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, as you listen to the book of Exodus, this song of deliverance and victory, you might be saying to yourself, you know what? My songs faded a little bit. I I don't seem to be singing as much as I used to. Well, if you're a believer and the song has kind of faded, here's the remedy. Just get back close to the one who puts songs in our heart. You know, usually it's a one-to-one correspondence between the songs that are coming out of us and our closeness to the Lord, because he's the one that produces those songs of victory. I think you know what I'm saying. He's the one who makes me sing, who makes that an overflow of my life. So if you feel a little disconnected from God, just get close. Dive back into the deep end of fellowship, Bible study, prayer, and the song will return. Now, if you would say, you know what, a song of victory and deliverance is the farthest thing from my heart, maybe that's because you haven't known the deliverance that's available in Christ. And you know, he's a prayer away. Trust in him for your salvation, and he will put a new song in your heart. And you just need to really make that commitment. Make it now. Lord Jesus, save me. I know you came to deliver me. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. I turn my life over to you. Put a fresh, beautiful new melody in my heart. He'll do just that because he is faithful. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we are walking through the book of Exodus Hey, we have a fiscal year uh, in our ministry and church life. It actually runs uh, to the spring, to March 31st. Our goal this past year was to get at least half our budget supported by listeners, and we are nearly there. 
And I want to give a big shout out to our all of our monthly partners, our one-time givers. We had some wonderful uh, people step up and help us. And uh, here's where we are. We're about 75% funded. And we hope to raise the last $13,883.01 to be exact uh, by April 1st or March 31st. And we will have hit our goal for the year. Now, this is not the entire budget for radio. This is a portion that we budgeted, but we budgeted it by faith. And we're just praying that you can help us reach that goal. It's not, we're not very far away. When you think about numbers for radio ministries, uh, $13,883 is not a big number, but it's still a big number, if you know what I mean. But every little bit helps. And if you'd like to help us by becoming a monthly partner, or even giving a one-time gift, we deeply appreciate it. Why should you give? Well, if if you believe in the ministry and the ministry has been feeding you and blessing you, you know, we're to share with those who are investing in us. And we want you to give first and foremost to your local church, of course. But if you would like to partner with us, you'd like to see more people be impacted by what you're hearing on Walk in Truth. Here's what you do. You go to walkintruth.com and click on the donate button, walkintruth.com. Click on that donate button. If we can't answer any questions for you, the number is 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'll see you tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 15, 1 through 21, called a song of deliverance and victory. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.